This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. It's been a minute. I think Glenn and I had to take a little sabbatical after uh, just pumping out episodes. But, hey, we're back. And, uh, man, it's baseball season. That's what we're talking about today here on the Go 24-7 podcast. We hope you subscribe. We hope that you hit that uh, like button and let us know down in the comments below your thoughts. After Glenn, pretty you know interesting opening weekend for LSU baseball. Some dominant performances and then some pretty close games. Uh, and credit to VMI and Central Arkansas for making it an interesting opening weekend with a lot of storylines to kind of uh, come out of the weekend with. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a good thing for this team. And Jay Johnson talked about that after the opener. He talked about it again on Monday, how you know it was good that they maybe didn't play their best or really not close to their best. And yet they were still able to kind of work through the adversity and come out with wins uh, instead of slipping up with some losses. I mean, you saw it really across mm-hmm. the SEC, across the country this year. You've already seen some of the the top teams uh, drop a game. Uh, I think uh, Arkansas, or Florida did. Wake Forest, I think, was in a really big battle last night. I'm not sure if they came back and won that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, lost I, last can, night. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like there's yeah. there's a lot there that I think LSU could have had. You know, you could have just slipped up in, in any of those games. But, um, you know, credit to the team for figuring out the way to win. And I think you, know, you did it in a number of different ways. You know, you were able to create free passes in that first game that really helped you separate from uh, from VMI. Um, you had the blowout win, obviously, over VMI on the Sunday game where really LSU's bats could do no wrong in terms of just the singles barrage that they were on. I mean, you can talk yeah. more about that and how impressive it was. But um, And then you had kind of the two games against Central Arkansas that really were I think pitching was the biggest storylines of both of them with Luke Holman doing a really nice job in the starter role on Saturday, carrying you through five and third innings. And um, I think probably one of the bigger storylines for me was we went in with a kind of overarching idea of what the starting roles could look like. Um, And I kind of had Griffin Herring, Nate Ackenhausen, Gage Jump, that kind of trio as potential you know starters uh this weekend and you burn through them out of the bullpen uh in the first two games and so then you kind of are like all right well what are the options from here on out and um i think that just kind of points to a lot of the mixing and matching jay johnson and nate yeski are going to have to do here over the next several weeks um doesn't seem like anything is really settled on the pitching staff wise outside of 
Thatcher Hurd and Luke Holman kind of being the the stamp, I think, uh, starters uh, to, to kind of open up the weekend. But, um, you know, I, I do think that this is going to be a situation here where LSU can try out a do- number of different things. I think eventually – they would like to see Gage jump, take that starter's role. Uh, they mm-hmm. just got to build him up a little bit more and, and be that third weekend starter. You saw it even in the one inning that he had. Stuff is electric, very uh, precise. And when his location is command, uh, throws 95, 96 from the left side. You just don't get that all that often in college. And so yeah. just ramp him up a little bit and see uh, kind of what 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 uh, what else you can do with him uh, in, as a starter. And, you know, I thought the free passes were also really – an important thing I wrote about this in our kind of three up, three down column that I like to do uh, after the week of baseball, uh, the previous week of baseball. And LSU drew more walks and more hit by pitches than they struck out this weekend. And that's always a blueprint for Jay Johnson and the kind of uh, the offensive way that they like to generate runs. Uh, they like to get guys on base. They like to give themselves lots of opportunities here. And I do think that's going to be that's going to have to be a way that LSU generates offense this year. I don't think you are going to have the I'm not going to say you're not going to, but you, you you might not have the the Dylan Cruz, Gavin Dugas, Trey Morgan, Braden Joe Bear, those guys that can light it up at the plate uh, on a very consistent basis. I think that that's yeah. that's going to be really tough for this group to accomplish. They have some really capable bats. I mean, Travinsky looked really good. I thought uh, Jared Jones looked really solid. You know, it looks like Tommy White still kind of maybe finding himself a little bit, not worried one bit about Tommy and. Um, Steven Milam gave you some really good at bats this weekend as well. I think he was one of the surprises. Uh, Mac Bingham gave you some, some good looks as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's just going to be kind of a work in progress with the offense, which you saw kind of on Monday where they jump out to a really good start and then just not able to kind of carry it over the rest of the game. I think they scored only one run in the final eight innings of that game and kind of made it a little bit, uh, more of a too close for comfort outing than I'm sure they would have liked to, but um, still lots of positives. And, and again, you get out of here with a four and a week and you, you head into another four game week here uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, I think there's, there's certainly a lot of different options that LSU is going to be able to go to. And we'll certainly dive into some of those here in the next several minutes. Yeah. When Jay Johnson, Gavin Gidry, a couple of the guys, you know, spoke even Hayden Travinsky in the preseason. And the question was continually brought up, you know, what do you think about the pitching staff? What do you think about the pitching staff? And these guys continue to say, there's a lot of them. And there was kind of like a, you know, a joke amongst the media of like, oh yeah, okay. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of different things that you can work with and stuff like that. But man, there's legitimately, and Jay Johnson's not wrong. You can match up on a given weekend, depending on it's a lefty-heavy lineup or a righty-heavy lineup, kind of however you want. And, and, man, they are at a – have you ever seen this much depth from an LSU pitching staff in your time covering or just being – you know, I know when you were a fan of the program. Uh, I mean, it's, um, it's pretty miraculous, pretty, pretty I mean, incredible to see the depth they have. They've always had some pretty good top-end talent. I mean, I immediately go back to 2017 when they had Lang and Poche – uh, they had Zach Hess, who was like a really dominant freshman pitcher out of the bullpen that was kind of their closer. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I can't remember what movie reference it was from now, but he was he, he kind of had this aura about him by the time they got to Omaha. So uh, that staff was really, really deep and, um, uh, and, and pretty talented. But in terms of just like depth wise and just quality of arms, number of quality of arms they have on this staff, I don't know that it's um, that it's been that I've seen it at least since covering the team in 2017, and that was my first year covering it. Um, so yeah, I, I think even last year's team, you know, you had the 
you had it early in the year, and I think that you know, yeah. kind of as the season wore along, you kind of lost some of those guys. I mean, Chase Shores was lost in the middle of the season. Garrett Edwards was lost. I mean, those were two guys that you really, I think, could have helped carry you to to Omaha anyway. But they they, they just did a really nice job of being able to kind of piece it together when they lost some of those arms and. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they have nine or 10, uh, left-handed, uh, pitchers. They have a good balance there and, uh, really exciting with the number of options. Like you just mentioned there. A lot of options. And you're also seeing some guys that maybe didn't carry the star power, you know, in coming into the season or in the recruiting rankings, really doing, doing well. I'll give out one guy and Jay Johnson was high on him during kind of, and he referred to it as the spring training portion was a guy like Will Helmers has stuck with the program and, you know, they feel like he can be a guy that can eat some middle innings and late innings as well. Uh, I don't even, I don't want to mispronounce and You and I are known. We have I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, Fidel Uyoa. Fidel Uyoa is, is, is how you pronounce his name. And, yes, Perfect. he's probably – I think he was the biggest surprise that I had this year – or this yeah. weekend. I mean, just was one of the guys we didn't really talk about a whole bunch at all this offseason. I think he kind of got just kind of thrown into the under the radar with that signing class with all those freshmen that you brought in. And they brought him in kind of at last minute. And I think you know we asked Jay about this early uh, in the weekend, uh, just kind of what, what attracted him – you know, to, to Uyoa and he, he said he got a coach from one of his Juco guys that he knows very well out there out West. And that's, mm-hmm. it's one of those deals where relationships really do work out for you in this business. And Jay has done a really nice job of building up strong relationships throughout the country. And he got tipped off on him and sent Josh Jordan out there to watch him. And Josh Jordan came back and said, let's jump on this guy right now. I mean, he's, yeah. he's somebody that we think can really help. And you saw it throws 95, 96, with a really, really nice slider, really good curveball, mm-hmm. I think that you can work on as well. But um, yeah, I think he's going to be a, a really, really good weapon for LSU, uh, either as a middle relief, just to get out of some bad jams, uh, somebody that you can maybe even close games with. I mean, uh, I was really, really impressed by what he did this weekend. Yeah, I was looking at his stats. Obviously, on, on February 17th, that Saturday game, he pitched in the close – once again, another close game. You saw they kind of used him in high-leverage situations yeah. that opening weekend. They won that one 2 nothing. Went an inning in a third, faced six batters, struck out three, walked one. Uh, and then, and obviously, Monday's matchup, a clean inning to close the game out there and earn the save on Monday. So, look, it, it's not – we're not saying that, you know, we're going to see you be a guy potentially in, you know, Hoover or, you know, in, in – Omaha maybe closing out the you know the final three outs of the game maybe so but it's a guy that you know early on they feel like they trust and has the stuff to maybe be a back end guy for them where Glenn that was kind of a revolving door at times last year over the course of the whole season where if you can find something early on and roll with it through kind of the months of February and March it really sets you up to have more confidence when you really get into the meat of that conference weekend schedule uh, and I think Fidel Yo is a, a nice piece and he's got yeah. some good stuff like you mentioned. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts because you were you were there, Luke Holman. What did you think of of Luke Holman? What he brings to the table? I was joking with some people when I was in the press box. Friday nights are going to look a little bit different just going forward uh, yeah, because think- you know Paul Skeens is is Paul Skeens. But what Luke Holman did, you know, keeping that team in the game when the offense necessarily wasn't there on Saturday. Just talk about his performance, what you saw out of that young man, and why LSU fans could be excited for what he brings to the table here in twenty twenty four. Yeah, he was fantastic, and you know the stuff isn't overpowering. It's ninety-two to ninety-four, um, but it's the location that he has with all of his pitches that is just 
if you know, LSU fans will, will you know call me out on this if they want to, but reminds me a little bit of Eric Walker, his freshman year at LSU. And there was a guy, uh, you know, he was a, a, a young pitcher that actually slid in as that third starter in that 2017 team uh, and was a really, really electric dominant pitcher for them um, mm-hmm. just because of his location and his command and um, the number of pitches that he was able to use in his toolbox um, really, really worked to his benefit. And I think you get that same feel with, with Holman here. And, and um, I just, I was really impressed. The one, the one inning there where it looked like it might, get a little bit hairy for him there was a leadoff double and then there was a single and you're all, all of a sudden looking at runners on the corners with no outs and you know clinging to a, a one, one one run lead a 1-0 lead um and he comes back and he strikes out three straight batters to get him out of the jam um and and it was really off to the races from there he had 10 strikeouts in the 5.1 innings that he played um he just really strong command he threw a ton of strikes i mean he's When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, because of how well he does with that, uh, with his with his strike zone discipline and just kind of the way that he uh, is able to mix in a fastball, a slider. We didn't even get to see the curveball uh, all that much in, in the game on Saturday, but really great first start. And I, I could absolutely see maybe not this week, uh, just because it's kind of a short week and they just want to. You know, they, they don't want to pitch a guy like Holman on five days rest this early into the year. I think it makes sense to throw Thatcher out there on, on Thursday yeah. and have Holman on Friday. But it sets you up for next week to potentially make that switch if you want to. If you want him to be the Friday guy, uh, at least in the short term, I think it's still something that they want to kind of hash out as a staff and um, just kind of see how the next few days play out. But uh, no doubt that I think Luke Holman – uh, was the most impressive starting pitcher that we saw this weekend. He was uh, on his game and somebody that I think is 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 going to be right at the top of of uh, SEC pitchers this year once again. So Glenn, obviously pitching was something that people might be concerned with the walks. They might kind of look at a couple things and saying think, oh, it's too much. Jay Johnson said, hey, that's just something kind of irons itself out. He kind of has the same feeling for the offense. I know we touched on a little bit and you mentioned a little bit in the opening, but. 
often sometimes just kind of takes longer to get going. Look, bats uh, getting up to the speed of the game, facing guys that you hadn't been facing for a month and a half, two months, if you really want to go back down to the fall. But LSU's lineup is constructed differently this year. Yes, there's the power. Yes, there's the pop. Uh, Jared Jones has been already just a massive home run threat for this team. But I think what it's going to come down to, and it really kind of came down to last year, is your glue guys. A guy like Steven Milam is probably going to force his way into the lineup if he keeps hitting like this consistently. You know, Josh Pearson, what does he bring to the table over the course of the next season or over the course of the whole season? And then a guy like Mac Bingham, which I wrote a piece on him the other day, the guy's just kind of like a guy that can kickstart your offense from anywhere in the lineup. Speed, really good bat-to-ball skills. I was impressed with the way this lineup's constructed. And I think it can be a really fun season, maybe in a different way. I don't know if they're going to lead the country in home runs this year, but I think it's going to be an exciting brand of baseball. And Bingham kind of talked about that. He said, Jay Johnson wants to be able to win in multiple ways. When you can win offensively with the long ball, with small ball, you know, with ABC baseball, it's really hard to beat you when you have that balanced offense. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I think you you trot out four different lineups in four games. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, different guys sitting on each day. One day it was my first day it was Milam, second day it was uh I believe it was Jake Brown, and then you, you sat Paxton Kling and uh, it's 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 it, I think they're just doing a lot of mixing and matching right now with their offense and um, another couple guys that you could throw up Eric Trevinsky, I thought had a really nice weekend as well, swinging the bat. Um, I thought uh, Brady Neal did a really nice job in his couple starts and uh, his plate appearances as well. And I think what you really see with this team and what has been a really a hallmark of Jay Johnson since he got here is just the plate discipline. You've always just wanted to see these guys take really good at bats and there were some bad at bats in there as well. I mean, certainly guys yeah. struggled and there were some strikeouts and they're going to have to cut down on those. But um, the, the, I think overall they were getting the, they were getting the, the bat on the ball. They were putting it in play. I think that first game in, or that maybe it was the second game. Maybe it was the first game. I can't remember exactly, but they were, I think it was the Saturday game with Holman when it was like two nothing and it was really bad conditions. And um, yeah. I think they just were hitting it into bad spots and just not getting very lucky with, uh, with the ball falling uh, in that game, but they were making good contact. They were hitting the ball hard. Um, and you know, more often than not, when you're when you've got good plate discipline, you've got a good approach and a good plan uh, entering a entering a game that that'll help see it th- see you through. And I'm I'm not I'm not worried about this offense in the long run. I think just like you said, in the short term here, it's going to maybe take a a few weeks for them to kind of find their stride and kind of get going as a group. Just because they're at the same time, they're also making a lot of these. Uh, a lot of these changes in, in terms of their lineup construction and just kind of where they want guys in the order. And, you know, I, I know I came in with an idea of guys like, you know, Braswell maybe hitting leadoff. And I mean, he was, you know, buried uh, after game two at that nine hole spot. But, like there's. And, and had his best game of the weekend at that spot too. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, and then Bingham was a leadoff guy one day and then he was in the seven hole the next day. And, uh, you know, Tommy White was in the three hole a couple days and it was in the two hole the next couple. So, like, I think it's just a lot of mixing and matching that Jay's going to have to do with this lineup. But I think they have a lot of options. I think that the four lineup, four different lineups in four games tells you that they like a lot of these players that, you know, they have to be deciding between uh, once SEC play comes or comes around. But 
I do think this non-conference schedule allows them to be uh, a little bit more open with uh, how they construct this thing and uh, they just how they settle in on what works best with who. And um, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see kind of what that looks like in, a, in three or four weeks' time instead of just looking at the immediate, you know, one to two game, you know, far yeah. outreach uh, outlook of it. Yeah, this is a time, too, where, like, you can use these games – and Jay Johnson mentioned this, like the games, even in a game that was, you know, kind of uh, iffy on the pitching on Friday in, in the opener, you know, it was a high scoring affair between VMI, which brought in, by the way, VMI, I know they got run ruled in Sunday, but that was a team on Friday that brought back a very veteran team, was mm-hmm. the number four scoring offense in the country last year and brought back, I think, eight of their nine starters. Like it's a team that understood how to play baseball in tough environments and, and credit to them. They gave LSU all they could handle on that Friday game. But I did want to get to this because it's one guy we have not mentioned. And before we kind of just take a look at what it's going to go, go on this weekend, Brady Neal on Sunday, yeah. Glenn. Catcher is going to be one of the wildest positions to watch this year because I thought Alex Malazzo looked good. Uh, the catchers defensively looked really good, you know, throwing out a team of VMI that led the team in steel, led the country in steals last year. But Brady Neal on Sunday, he came into the postgame presser and was laughing and joking, said, yep. That was pretty fun. Like, just just pretty fun with kind of a smirk on his face. The grand slam, two doubles, and he did all that in the first five innings of that baseball game. If he takes off offensively and, of course, stays healthy, that's a guy where maybe he's the key that unlocks the entire offense. I know we've mentioned a couple of different guys, but Brady Neal really emerging as an offensive threat. We already know how good he is defensively and what Jay Johnson and that staff thinks of him, you know, sitting behind the plate calling pitches and calling a game. But, man, Brady Neal, that that would be really, really fun to watch. Him and Hayden Travinsky and even sprinkling in Alex Malazzo as well, that's probably the best catcher room in the entire country. If it, and and I, maybe I'm biased, but but it might be. It's certainly the biggest blend of experience and talent and just pure hitting ability, defense, everything that you want, I think, you have in those, th- those three guys um, combined. And – it's going to be tough. I mean, like, I think that's going to be a part of Johnson's job. It's going to be really tough. I think you can probably pencil in Travinsky as the the DH on days that he doesn't catch. And so yeah. I do think we're talking more about Malazzo, Neal, kind of what that looks like. And last year it was Neal that started a lot of the games early in the season, and they would bring in Malazzo late innings for defensive purposes. But, look, Malazzo went three for four at the plate this, this weekend as well. I mean, he got – three big hits and his four plate appearances. And um, we obviously know what he can do uh, on the defensive side of things as well. But um, I think there's something to what you're saying there and that Brady Neal just gives you that element of offense that um, can really move this, 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 this group forward, this lineup forward. And um, that that Sunday game was a really great example of that. I thought he, even on games in in games this weekend or played appearances where he didn't get hits, I thought he put together some really good at bats overall. And so it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting. I'll be excited to see kind of what that looks like this weekend uh, after, you know, Jay Johnson's had some time to digest it. And I'm sure we'll ask him about it. We have a press conference today, uh, Wednesday with him. And so we'll maybe have some stuff up on that on the site later, just kind of uh, the embarrassment of riches they have at the catcher spot. But uh, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have if you're LSU to kind of have three guys back there. And uh, I think for, for nothing else than to just kind of be, 
you know, kind of keep this room healthy too. I mean, like last mm-hmm. year you saw it, Neil, his body kind of broke down on him after a couple months there in his first year. And so um, bringing him back slowly this offseason was always a targeted goal for him to get back. And um, you're seeing some early returns of a, a really promising, you know, year two breakout. Uh, get a lot more Brady Neal uh, at the plate and I think going forward he's somebody that can absolutely be a big time x factor in, in this team reaching its uh, its peak goals we've already kind of teased it but obviously LSU with another little four game series this weekend starting on Thursday Friday Saturday and then going into Sunday no Monday game uh, but man Thursday you'll have to tune in your radios or uh, hop on the computer and hide that extra tab if you're sitting in the office to watch LSU baseball. That's okay. Glenn, wanted to get this as we wrap it up. Maybe one just maybe key thing you want to see. Obviously, LSU's playing Stony Brook in Northern Illinois. Uh, It's one of those things where it's, you know, you're not going to do maybe necessarily deep dives into the opponents this weekend like you would do in a conference or a high-profile non-conference showdown like they will the next week when they head out to Houston to play Texas and a host of other teams. But your thoughts, maybe just one thing you want to see out of this group or something that would give you more encouragement as they head into the next week, which is going on the road for the first time uh, at Rice and then obviously staying in Houston for that kind of uh, little little uh, jamboree or some, some sorts out there at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'll, I'll be interested to see if there's a lineup that they use twice in a weekend. I mean, I, I know that they had four, you know, I would just hammered that point home here in the last couple minutes, but like, you know, it, it, are we going to see eight different lineups in eight different games? I mean, I'm just not sure uh, just maybe where – Jay Johnson's head is at with all that yet. And um, if they kind of settle in on a rotation or a lineup or an order that, that kind of makes sense for a couple days stretch, I mean, that would be, uh, I think a real sign of just kind of honing in on uh, who they really like at some of these spots. I mean, yeah. the outfield really does seem like, you know, kind of the, the way, the way that I see it now is that this comes down to, one spot in the outfield and Steven Milam. And and that's kind mm-hmm. of where I think you're gonna see the the different different orders kind of peg, you know, pegged in because I think Milam, like you mentioned, is a guy that until he gives you a reason to take him out of the lineup, you can't take him out. And and that that's gonna obviously push Josh Pearson to the outfield or it's gonna push Jake Brown into the outfield and then you take Pearson out or cling out or, uh, you know, just, just like that was the rotation that we saw uh, this, this weekend um, in, in that lineup. And they, they all look pretty good. I mean, like, I, I, I don't, I think overall they, they had some, some, some good moments, some really good moments. All of them did, uh, spe- especially cling from a defensive perspective. You can just see the talent that's oozed from him as a defensive center fielder. Um, but Jake Brown was really, really solid for you at the plate. Josh Pearson is kind of that stable veteran um, bat and, and just kind of press that I think you, you'd you like to see just because I do think he's going to be somebody that's an everyday player come SEC time. Um, but there's there's until those other guys give you reasons not to play him, then you've got to play him. And so how that kind of shakes out with that second base look, um, you know, I'm not worried about Michael Braswell yet. Um, but yeah. Is there, you know, is there a day where you give him just a day off and just kind of maybe put Nippolt over there at short just to kind of give Braswell a chance to breathe a little bit after a little bit of a struggling week, uh, opening weekend? 
maybe comes out and he lights it up here in the second weekend and I'm, you know, we're looking like clowns and fools over here. So like, I, I do, I do think that there's, you know, it's still probably too early to make any of these kind of judgment calls yet, uh, which is why they're tinkering with the lineup and the order with the way that they are. So uh, yeah. very interesting to just kind of how the lineup and order shake out for me. Yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, nothing really more for me to, to pounce upon. I really like what you said about the lineup combination. That was, that was good. Cause look, if they, if they find something that works maybe in the Thursday game, they, you know, have a plan going in, but then maybe Sunday they say, you know what, let's do it. Let's roll back with what we did on Thursday. That's yeah. what we like. And then you kind of see some consistency start to come out of that group. It's very interesting indeed. LSU baseball underway. And man, the weather was kind of crazy last weekend. We had some fantastic weather Saturday. Jay Johnson said he doesn't think he's ever coached in weather like that ever uh, with just how cold and windy it was. And he said it felt like it was, he was, uh, you know, up North somewhere did not feel like he was in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but hopefully uh, better skies this weekend hope you get out to the ballpark if you do and we're walking around uh make sure to say hello to us join the message boards as well join the conversation great end game threads uh by not even some of our you know full-time staff members just some mods over there putting in great work and we appreciate them uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast whether it's on spotify apple Podcasts, give us a follow a like there or if you're on youtube and you're watching this uh you know maybe 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 you snuck it in thursday morning before first pitch we appreciate that as well hit subscribe there to Glenn West. My name is Bryce Coon. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7.